Hello, and welcome to The Fifth Pillar. I'm your host, Ron Keolian. This is a podcast all about the people here in Troy Schools. We want to get to know them better, talk about what their passions are, and maybe learn a few things along the way. This show is a more relaxed approach to education than you might be used to, so we invite you to take a chance and listen in on this, dare I say, one-of-a-kind podcast series. On our first episode, we have Chris Griefer, Assistant Superintendent for Elementary Education, Natalie Hazelbrook, Director of Teaching and Learning, and Aaron Kaiser, Early Childhood Director. We're going to talk about what went into the development of the Early Childhood Center and what their vision and purpose is. How you guys doing today? Great. Happy to be here. Pretty cool, isn't it? So we've been open how long? We opened on the first day of school, August 27th, as scheduled. Did you sleep the night before? <laughs> Briefly, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just Here, wondered. yeah. <laughs> um, she has a cot in the back. <laughs> so just catch us up quick on how long, when this all started. It feels like just yesterday, but... <laughs> Wait, um, did you say where we are? Go ahead, Nan. Oh, we're at the new preschool. We're at the new Troy Preschool, uh, which just recently opened, as Aaron said. But yeah. Chris, if you'll take us back to the history of when it started. Absolutely. So most of our community is uh, familiar, I'm sure, with our green pillar. And so our district, um, our, about five years ago, our superintendent challenged us to think about what do world-class systems, uh, school systems look like. And so we gathered a team of um probably 30 to 40 people that met intermittently throughout the last uh, four to five years that really circled around um, systems. But primarily um, what we found was uh, preschool was an important part of that for for organizations. And so we um, not only prioritized uh, that work, but we also prioritized learning what a world-class uh, preschool system uh, preschools look like. And so um, the building was a huge part of that. And this, this building is um, just in the work of many hands, but also uh, the learning that happens over the last five years with the kids um, in classrooms that we had throughout uh, Trey School District. So now we're serving um, over 300 families um, throughout all of our programs. Um, we had a, it was quite the journey to get here. Um, we hired Aaron on as a director. Fall of last last fall year. of yeah. last year officially, year. she was mm-hmm. part of that team as a teacher. Um, but this work um, is inspired by so many teachers um, and the work of so many um, throughout our community. What is? I'd love to go around and just see your personal favorite little touch or big touch of this preschool. Yeah, I'll start yeah. Um, because I, historically um, I was in a former life of reading recovery teacher. So um, I thought that perspective of um, the glass in each of the classrooms was really an important component. Um, each of the classrooms has a one-way um, mirror and glass, and it's kind of has dual purposes. It's partially for families um, and caregivers to observe their child in a um, kind of a non-intrusive way and check in so that you feel like you have that point of contact. But it's also for teachers so that we can support that gold pillar of investing in our own personal growth. We can observe each other in the craft and kind of develop as as instructors watching each other and learning from each other's expertise. So I'm really proud of that piece. I have to say two because do it. So the first one is the playground because and I know it's not quite finished yet, but it is so designed with our earliest learner in mind all the way down to the turf that if they fall and trip, they're not going to get injured because it's made of rubber. And so they just can be themselves and um, just play 
Um, it's just such an environment set up for kids to explore and be curious and be active. Um, so I love the playground. But a close second is I love that each classroom has a window that's a circle that the kids can um, climb into. And it's like a little classroom um, like peephole that they can that they can peek out and see the world. And so they always have that um, just as a way to see their natural environment, too. So it's kind of, it's really cool. I have two also. Wow. I can't, you can't just pick one. First one we're sitting in. Um, we're sitting in the reading recovery uh, room. And this was, when we first started thinking about this, we, we researched the work of Marie Clay. And Marie Clay's work primarily focuses on uh, students that are six years old, first graders. But um, so much of her work is about early intervention for students and um, just the importance of believing in um, children and their potential. So we chose to have our behind the glass here. So we have a partnership with Oakland University where we have our uh, teachers and training come here on Tuesday night where we have a, a course held. Um, and so this is really kind of the heart of our school here that um, we believe in kids and their potential. So that would be my first. But um, my second, my shout out to my partner, Rick West. Um, I love the little ship that's outside. Um, that's just a symbol of me winning an argument with Rick. So our superintendent is a boater and we felt it was important to have a ship and the kids, that's their favorite thing on the playground. And Rick didn't want the ship. And we did and we got our way so that is really important (laughs) (laughs) so it's the kids uh if you ask the kids outside what's their favorite part the boat always comes up so that's and we'll put pictures of this stuff on our instagram or whatever so everybody can see it so if you're listening from wherever you can kind of see what we've been talking about um what what sorts of things like what other like components that the kids might not get around here but that teachers or parents pick up on that's like especially in tune to like what a kid does in in a typical day here. Like what do the kids not realize is around them that you guys have tried to create to help them develop? I think part of that is the, the really intentional design of the classrooms and the furniture selection and the environment as being um, really flexible. So the children really are in control of their own environment. They're, um, they're really their choice and their interest is what drives the instruction. We don't have a curriculum laid out for the year. It's completely driven by what the kids are interested in, what their abilities are. We use materials that are really flexible so that they can kind of have control of their own learning experience. Um, And that extends beyond the classroom and into the rest of the environment. We've been really intentional with that. The other part I would say is just the teacher expertise. You know, they love their teacher. They love her. She hugs them. She said, you know, tells them so many sweet things, but she's an expert teacher and she works really hard to make sure that she can meet each child's needs. And so um, it's important that they have that really close relationship and they, they feel like they're teacher has a close connection with them, but the other piece is that their teacher is working really hard for them too. I would add about the learning environment. Uh, One of the things that I think is um, that our kids aren't aware of, but that our teachers um, and and our kids will benefit from is is that they can learn with their whole bodies any time of year. So we have that huge gross motor room where I was in there the other day and they were riding bikes and someone was the traffic cop, like stopping traffic, like, oops, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) So it just, we have, we have truly designed this building so that it is, um, 
it allows kids, um, and we know when kids are little, they need to be able to interact physically with their environment. So it's it's totally laid out for that opportunity every day. Um, in minus 15, they can still be inside practicing gross motor. So um, one thing I would add, we use the word authentic a lot, but they're um, authentic experiences in the classroom. So when you walk around and see the student work that's posted, you're not going to see a lot of um, like coloring sheets or things that you might see in other uh, facilities. But we back to the teacher expertise that Erin had brought up. I think it's really important. You'll see kids drawing and writing, and and um, they're unique to what they um, their own expression. And so that's really important. The other thing I would add was um, just really the the natural light and just the kind of the physical oh, it's so design. Cool. The it's design so cool. It's so cool everywhere makes such around a difference. here. We we were really intentional um, working with our architect um, at TMP um, and. Carrie Sini, um, she was phenomenal at helping. Um, just we wanted it to be toned down for for young ones, so it's they're not overstimulated with here's primary colors. Or, you know, there's a lot of uh, attention to very natural and kind of toned down, even just in the color tones and things like that. We know that makes a difference. As a, as a high school ones. teacher, like it's nice to walk in here and it's not like not overdone. It's subtle, but it's like comfy. Like mm -hmm. anywhere you go, which it's I inviting. Kinda, it's mm -hmm. very inviting. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, if you were talking to teachers K-12 and they could come over here and see it, what do you think you wish they could notice about it? Like the way that the kid, teachers teach, the way the students are, like what, if there's one thing you could tell all teachers that's different here than K-12 or wish, what you could wish could pass on, what would that be? I think that the setup of the building lends itself to a focused, to a focus on craft on a teacher's craft and so by the collaboration spaces by the the two-way glass where teachers can observe each other um it lends itself to um that continuous deepening of your practice all the time and i think that that's something that's so important to our community is building the capacity of our adults um and so this building um and the staff here really embodies that that value I think I would want teachers to wonder if you walk around and, and watch kids around here, it's incredible. They're in their own little world. You know, they're either um, playing on the playground or, or wandering in the halls with, you know, just just at play. It's I wonder I hope teachers would think about um you know, how can we continue to capture that curiosity and, and importance of helping kids to keep excited about coming to school and be creative and kind of the kids can, right? Like seeing their potential and building on their strengths and how do we keep them excited about learning? And, and, and also I would, we need to do that for our staff as well, you know, to continuing to support them and providing uh, learning opportunities. And one thing to add on to Chris that I think, um, she's right on with is there isn't a preschooler here who doesn't think they're they're capable and somehow we lose that over the years I was in a classroom and the teacher said raise your hand if you can you know how to draw a dog and every <laughs> class every student raised their hand and I just imagine like if we would ask that in fifth grade and tenth grade there'd be kids who wouldn't raise their hand so how do we build on just that excitement and that um, that belief that they can do anything um, I just think there's a real opportunity opportunity with our youngest learners with that. I'm going to switch gears for one second about like personal. Mm -hmm. Do we all have kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Us, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what books do you personally love just reading to your kids? Like I know we all have around the same age. Like what are your books that you're like, oh, I can't wait to read and they can't wait to read? 
And why? I have um, three boys. I have two nine-year-olds and a four-year-old. And so the No David books by David Shannon have historically been very popular in my family um, because David's a rascal and he's doing (laughs) some really funny things that are somewhat misbehaviors, um, but they're silly and they're relatable. And the message in the end is that it's okay and that mistakes happen and that David is still loved by his mom or his teacher or his brother or whoever it is that he was doing those rascal behaviors. So we love those in our house. And right now, um, my kids are quite into nonfiction books. So again, interest space, like we're into um, bugs and reptiles. We have a cicada at home that we caught. Um, we've, Sick. yeah, we've, and we've, yes, we have him and we've named him and we feed him. And so we're doing a lot of nonfiction learning around that. And it's, um, um, so that's a lot of fun. And it's fun because those books, you can just kind of look at the pictures and name the picture and turn the page. So it's good for mom time at the end of the day. What about you, Nat? So uh, my kids love anything by Sandra Boynton. So Sandra Boynton writes books that if you have... If I've ever had a two-year-old, so there's Moo Ba La La La, there's the pajama book, pajama to the left, pajama to the right, jammy time, jammy time. So um, what I love, and I think that this is um, something that I see so evident here too, is just the importance of kids falling in love with books and the board books, like they can even chew on them. So they're literally like even interacting with them in their mouth. It's not just that they're reading them. So um, we read them over and over and over, but we know how important that is to um, early literacy so like even though as a parent sometimes I'm like really this book for the 150th (laughs) time but if I it's funny because have you ever noticed that if you read it boring they tell you they say no you're not reading it the right way to cut a part out they notice that you've skipped a part skip pages so um what's so cool about that is that's early monitoring of their own reading right if you skip a page they're gonna let you know so it's it's pretty cool I think it's interesting I'm gonna interject it like as a high school teacher sometimes you just want to tell you just want to tell the kid and I find that with my own kid and I struggled with Diary of a Wimpy Kid because I read the title <laughs> and I was like god I don't why are we reading this and I had never read it I was judging a book by its cover but then my kid is just like that he loves to read that and mm-hmm. And you can push them in other ways and like introduce things, but like to see the kid like naturally want to buy or continue the series is just awesome for kids. They have their own reading identity, Mm -hmm. right? It's part of who they Mm -hmm. are and what they want are choosing. And just like what we do. Like there's some books I'm like, I have no Mm -hmm. interest in reading this. (laughs) But then there's others. I'm like, can I dig into more psychology of Mm -hmm. learning and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Chris? Thanks for not forgetting I wasn't Judy forget. Bloom Super Fudge. It's, it's a classic. I have a, a great. We have a great span in our house of of children, and my three older ones. I just love doing the voices more than anything. Fudge getting in trouble. There's nothing like it. Um, and so it's it's funny how kids just have different interests, and and that kind of drives what you're what you're reading in your home. But I always like to bring Judy back. It's exciting. We're really into right now because this is new for me because I have a five year old, and we're really into noticing something in the world. And and then Googling it mm. and then reading about it. So like we have this spider on our back balcony. And so it's the big family event. Like, oh my gosh, there's a spider. And so we found out it's this giant orb weaver and we Googled it and they only come out in Michigan in October. <laughs> um, but I just think that trying to build curiosity through what's in my environment, how can I learn more? And, and I think it's so interesting with these kids now. Like when I was little, that I just accepted the spider for it being on the window. <laughs> But like having this chance to be like, yeah, and let's dive in to 
spiders on YouTube. Let's buy it on on, Mm -hmm. on Google. Let's figure out what we can really connect the stuff to. It's incredible. And these kids become fascinated with disgusting things like spiders and cicadas. Mm -hmm. And they're all all in. And they Mm -hmm. learn to become powerful and access information. So it's We have approximately four million books in our house because I just love children's books. But something fun, we've um Natalie and I work with um Lee Scandalaris, who's kind of a mentor. Um Lise uh just worked with uh, many of our teachers throughout the years, but she um, helps us pick the book of the month for the elementary teachers, and it really helps me stay tuned to the the phenomenal um, children's literature that's the latest and greatest. So those are those are fun to weave into our um, recommendations for staff and things like that too. It's it's exciting to see what's out there. And I like when you when you throw all these new ideas or books at these kids one they'll reread them mm-hmm. and that message will slowly sink in or mm-hmm. even if it doesn't they are just right. just give me more mm-hmm. i think sometimes um we forget how important just different text all the time is if you think about kids like or just think about anyone we will never encounter the same text again no two texts are ever the same so we have to expose kids to as many different texts as we can so that they understand text is novel and they have to be able to approach each text with a lot of skill yeah it's so. i mean it's just like you don't want i always look at it with the, the my kids always want buttered macaroni <laughs> And I look at this like, we're not going to read the same, we're not going to eat butter macaroni every freaking day. And I look at the same way with books. It's like, you know what? What a, We're going to find a variety of books mm-hmm. just to make the kids try the new things and then see what they like. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when they become voracious readers. Mm-hmm. You hook them. You hook them. Yeah, it's fun to do kind of a balance with my own children, and the teachers do it too, where there's some student choice involved, and then there's an introduction of what I'm going to introduce. So, you know, teachers have a lot of opportunities during the day where they're saying, pick a book, let's read before rest time, or you get to pick a book um, to read after you're done with your lunch. But then there's also those um, teacher-directed interactive read-alouds where I'm introducing a new text, and I'm showing you how to engage with it and connect with it. So there's an opportunity for them to engage with a text they might not have chosen, but wow. I connected with that or I can connect that to something else in the world. So there's a, a really great balance in the preschool classrooms of that. And I, I also balance that with my own kids at home of letting them pick and me having a choice too. And and I'm going to go back to like, I never try to tell my kids something is nonfiction because I feel like that word is the level. You don't want to get into that. Yeah. Like it's been tainted. <laughs> but if you tell them we're going to learn about how a bug Bugs. survives <laughs> for 20 years, <laughs> like a kid is just like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, let me find more. But if you told them we're going to read a nonfiction book mm-hmm. right. about how the life Sour. cycle, like the kids, like I'm over this already. Right. Um, I think we'll, we'll do maybe one more. What do you love about like the preschool kids? Like what, when you walk into the preschool classroom, like what, what makes your day? For me, the, the part that I love about preschool here in this new environment is that it is completely their environment. So it's not just from eight o'clock to three o'clock, but when they walk in the doors, they know right where to go. This is their space. And then when they get picked up, they can extend out into that common area and they're playing and they're playing with their buddies and their parents are connecting. So I love that this is their space, that it's designed for them and they feel like this is where they belong and that their parents have um, supported that and allow them to engage in the environment. So I love to see that 
um, that this feels like their their own environment, that it's appropriate for them, and that they're joyful here. They're excited to come in, and they're excited to participate in in every aspect of the building, not just you know the four walls of their classroom. I feel like this is the building to visit if you just need a shot of life because <laughs> the preschoolers, they can only be authentic. So whether that's, um, you know, the kid who gave me a dissertation on bulldogs or the kid who handed me a booger, like in both, in both of those scenarios, they couldn't help but be their absolute true selves. And I think that, um, you know, that's missing in adults a lot of times. And so I just... I love that so much about our preschool age students that they can only be authentic. Mm -hmm. Everyone around this table knows I'm not a crier, but when we were, um, Aaron and I were here, the, I think it was the first day of school or maybe it was the teacher, one of the orientations, but we were, uh, and Aaron far more than I, but knee deep and can, when is this going to get done? And are we going to open on time? And it was just really stressful. And the little girl walked through with her mom and, um, I remember her like skipping down the hallway. It's, it's like, and it was like, wow, like this girl, I mentioned this before, but she's in her own world and she was just happy. And that's, it just makes you, it brought a whole new energy to this building. The building is one thing, but to see the kids in it is just, it's exceptional. And that's, that's what it's all about. So. I love seeing, and I, these kids have joy in learning and they don't even know they're learning. They're just, yep. they're living in their zone. <laughs> skipping around. Yeah. Skipping <laughs> around. It's just like, I mean, going back to the Googling thing, I think it's interesting that anytime you want to know more, we just do the same thing now. My own high school kids do. They just Google it and find out more. And like you live in it. And like yeah. these kids, they don't even realize it. Right. They're so yeah. authentic. They have no mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. They're just living it mm -hmm. and yeah. trying to find out more. Mm -hmm. And that's, I just think that's sweet. Yeah. And as we speak, we have parents walking out, holding the hands of their preschoolers as the half day is over. Mm -hmm. Is that what's happening? Yeah. So um, just to see also our parent community, like the, their, the eye contact between mom and son out there, just I just picture him telling her about um, his day and just, um, you know, how exciting of a day I'm sure he had here. So mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty special to see. I think one of the best compliments is so many of our own staff. Like, do you want mm -hmm. to talk about that email that you just received? That was so nice. Yeah, we are really fortunate to um, be able to serve a lot of our our teachers and Troy School District staff um, with with our preschool here. So they have the, the option. Compliment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're willing to to choose this preschool for your own child, um, we consider it to be you know obviously a, a huge reinforcement for the programming that we have mm -hmm. here. That they know that it's great preparation, but it's also just great care. For for children and um, so we, we see those teachers often and they have such wonderful feedback about how their children are enjoying preschool and how much they're learning and the growth that they see and we know that they would be brutally honest too you know and you know they they consider themselves to be the highest critics sometimes because they do know the education world and the fact that it's uh, been such a positive experience for the whole family or for their child is such a great compliment and we're so happy to be able to partner with them and and preschool is a really milestone experience. It's important and it's a huge choice for parents. So, you know, we're, we're happy when any parent chooses preschool anywhere, to be honest, because it's an important decision. But when they choose it here and, and they're glad that they did it because they see their growth in their child, then it makes everything worth it. That's a good way to wrap, I think. Um, <laughs> I want to thank everybody. First annual. Thank first you. Annual, first annual. First ever. Ever. <laughs> Fifth Pillar Podcast. Thank you, Ron. Um, Should we have a shout out to our producer? Yeah, we want to shout out Thomas Butcher. Um, right. Famous. 
producer. She helped us. She hooked us all up here as we sit here in the reading recovery room. Um, we'll be back hopefully soon with more podcasts. We're going to have students. We're going to have parents. We're going to have book chats. We're going to do stuff that I think is fun, a little less formal, and just trying to give everybody a picture of what we want and what we hope we can do here in the Troy School District. And we're not stopping till we're number one on iTunes. Yes. <laughs> Please subscribe. Uh, <laughs> Stitcher and Spotify. Does that um, require a login? Yeah, I, I know. I'll put a I hope it's easy. We'll just ask the kids how to do it. Um, so, thanks everybody. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for listening to the Fifth Pillar. Don't forget to subscribe to TSD World Class Podcasts to never miss an episode. I'm Ron Keolian, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>